Hi, I'm Paul, the Ripples Guy. Welcome to the Ripples Podcast, where we share quick splashes of inspiration and explore how even our smallest actions can have an ongoing impact on our lives, the people we connect with, and the whole world. Are you in? I hope you enjoy this episode, and I hope you enjoy today. One. Hello, peeps. Hello, possibly people listening to this in the Ripples podcast. It's Uncle Paul or the Ripples guy or Paul or Cal Pauly to a few people. So many nicknames to keep track of. I am so excited after three months of not hanging out with my Patreon peeps to do a Zoomy Zoom. And for those of us who are joining us live, these are very informal. If there's background sound or if you're listening to me not with earphones, it's better to keep you muted. But I love having a a few people unmuted. Um, I have spotlighted my um, image so that it will be hopefully the only one recording. And we are going to keep this to about 30 minutes of recorded time. And then I'll turn it off and some people will dash and go on to their next thing. And some of us will hang out and have some informal chat time. If somebody's hanging out tonight, please say, aha, um, take on me. I have to tell you something. Okay. Of course, most people watching or listening are going to be familiar with our Ripple's emails that have a pebble and a boulder and a ponder. We use a similar format. Pebble is just a little quick resource. And tonight I'm going to mention Mark Manson. Let me get a link for you. Uh, I have been his his blog posts were were popping up in the refined newsletter that I get a couple days a week that have a selection of links for me. And I started su- subscribing to his his weekly bla- email blast. And I will tell you that I don't I don't know. It's interesting. It's like a qualified recommendation. Some of his stuff I really love. Some of it I I don't as much. But that's what's perfect. I, I found a quote, I think, from a couple weeks ago that he had this quote, and I thought it was perfect. Um, and, and listen to it, and then I'll put it in the chat. Approach life advice, not like immutable laws, but rather like trying on clothes. Some advice will fit you well and flatter you. Other advice will not. Advice that may work great on one person may work terribly on the next. Pick and choose your advice to suit your personality and the occasion, and feel free to discard old advice anytime it stops working for you. And so I will share that with you. If you're listening to the recording, I'm usually pretty good about putting um, all the links and the quotes in um, the liner notes of the podcast or in the YouTube description. Find me on social media at Ripples Guy if it's not there. But I like that quote because what I'm sharing with you tonight is a whole bunch of random things that I've been collecting in a in a file, and you might not like some of it. My hope is that a couple of the lists we go through, at least four or five things, you're going to go, oh, I needed to rehear that, or I never thought of it that way before. And some of it you're going to go, not for me, that was for somebody else. And I really, I like that approach. So that's our pebble for tonight. The boulder is actually to share that that um, is a 
activity that I'm using either personally or professionally. And this is something that is crossing both my personal and professional life that is what we're using for our ponder. And I call it a snippets and ideas list. And I picked this up from Irene, my therapist slash organizational helper, who has been a wonderful resource for me for many, many years. And she has a background in counseling. And she was also, I she came into my life as somebody in Madison, Wisconsin. She had a company called Ducks in a Row, and she was an organizational expert. And one of the tips I picked up to her from her that I've since read in several time management articles on getting organized is to have a capture list, uh, like a to-do list, um, that that we're, one place that you capture everything and you don't try to sort it out and decide, is this a to-do list that's work-related? Does this go on my calendar? Or does this go on a post-it note? That you get in a habit of using a file um, that has one place where you keep everything that you're trying to remember, and then you put some time on your calendar to sort through and then decide where does this go? Well, I took that idea and and I had heard a guy, actually an interview on creativity that did something similar specifically with the articles he read um, and ideas that came to him as far as creative ideas that might apply with a project he was working on or, or uh, something he would want to try in his business. And he had a Microsoft Word file and he said some wild number, like 40,000 words or something like really. And once he, for him, it was once a year, he would go through the whole document and he would find all these things. And he didn't try to organize it. He didn't try to put it into a spreadsheet. So in the beginning of the pandemic, it, it just so happened that that I had been talking to Irene and I remembered her advice and this guy's advice. And I started a snippets and ideas file. And anytime I'm reading through my refined is that email that I get that has a summary of, of, of or links to several recommended articles based on interests that I had given it. And then all the other things like Mark Manson's email, a number of emails that I subscribe to. I set aside some time here and there, but honestly, if I'm even procrastinating and I'm just, you know, on Facebook and I see something, I always open up my Evernote. I use Evernote um, because it's on, I can sync it with my phone um, and my computer, um, but Apple Notes and, and many other, there's so many little note-taking apps that, that sync to, among your devices. And then I don't try to decide, is this valuable or not? If I have a little inkling of it, it's like, oh, I'm intrigued. Oh, I'm curious. I just throw it in this document and it's long and it's unorganized. And I will tell you, I tried to go put it into a spreadsheet so I could sort and so I could find things. And it, it took too much time. And so what I do um, is about once a quarter, I had been scheduling time to just put like a half hour on my calendar to scroll through it, and just kind of look. And that's been working pretty good. I haven't been dusting off and actually using the content as much as I would like. So what I'm excited about tonight is to share with you um, a, a handful of things. We'll see how many we get to. I have three lists and then two really quick things, and that might be too ambitious for our time. Let's see. Um, and I am going to trust that if you have a question, if the sound gets wonky, somebody will unmute, someone will alert me. Um, I'm feeling, I'm feeling out of practice. I'm like, can they hear me? Yeah, they can hear me. Um, all right. So this first set of content, a blogger whose name I will get, I've forgotten who that was. Uh, her website is theinvisiblementor.com. I'm going to put a link in the website. But 
she had this blog post that caught my eye that that intrigued me. And she framed it as these 10 questions that have been helping her for years um, when she has a choice to make, when she has a decision to make that these set of 10 questions that she found from this book. And what's interesting is the title of the book, the, te- the Right Questions, 10 Essential Questions to Guide You to an Extraordinary Life by Debbie Ford. I see what the blogger meant that these questions work better when you have something specific you're thinking about rather than just, hey, these, these are going to help you lead an extraordinary life. So as we go through these 10, I'm curious if if you can think about a decision that you're making right now or a choice you recently made um, or uh, something that you feel like is coming up and see if a couple of these questions uh, jump out for you. Uh, so let me just move just a little bit over here to the side so we'll our little white box will be free. The first question, will this choice that I'm considering making, decision I'm potentially making, propel me toward an inspiring future or will it keep me stuck in the past? And I like this question because I think making it conscious makes a, a really clear chance to check this out. And you all know I love talking about the the the, the balance. Oh, that's going to disappear. I have to put it here. The balance between seeking comfort and seeking challenge and how that's a constant in our lives, but that we don't naturally seek a balance. We tend to lean towards the comfort. And I think because the past is so much more familiar to us than the future that we can sometimes subconsciously be making decisions and choice that keep us in our comfort zone or, or keep us. And sometimes maybe it's not even comfort. It's this thing that we haven't yet consciously said, I'm ready to let go of this. And I've been holding on to it out of habit or because you're supposed to, or just because I haven't thought to set it down. Next question. Will this choice bring me long-term fulfillment or short-term gratification? Again, we are wired to care about the short-term to keep us alive. There are things, if you know, if something happens in the short, immediate term that kills us or threatens us, we aren't going to live to a long term. So built into our system is a little bias towards short term. And we have the capacity, we interesting human beings, when we're when we're using all our capabilities, have the ability to think out a little bit more that can help us work towards bigger things. And so just a gentle reminder, hey, am I thinking a little too short term here? And I love this question. Am I standing in my power or am I trying to please another? Am I doing this for me? Am I doing this for another? Am I doing this because of somebody else? Um, I think one or two more on the screen. I can't remember. Am I looking for what's right or am I looking for what's wrong? I will tell you when I'm when somebody a friend or or somebody talks comes up after a presentation and says, hey, I need help making a decision. One of the things that I'm listening for when they're thinking about, about a move is whether it sounds like they're moving towards something that they want or moving away from something that they don't want. And I think this is a variation on on, on that question because when when we're trying to move away from something we don't like, if, if you can imagine standing in a spot and you don't like where you're at, um, there, there's many, 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 many options to go. And, and sometimes there's too many. It's overwhelming. 
And then sometimes we latch onto something that we don't quite realize the best thing about it is that it's not where we're at. And so when possible, if we can figure out what we do want, now sometimes we don't know what we, what we, exactly what we do want. So it's better to say, well, let me get away from here. Let me go do something temporarily so I can get away from this and then start thinking about that. Will this choice add to my life force or will it drain me of energy? Will it rob me of energy? And again, I, I don't think any of these are like shockingly, I never thought of it questions. I think what I'm liking about this list is, wow, to bring it to the consciousness. And when I'm thinking about a, a, a choice, if I'm thinking long-term, like it may take a lot of effort, it may take a bunch of energy to actually implement this, but in the long-term, am I going to, is my cup going to be full or is it going to be, is it going to be more draining than filling up? Will I use this situation as a catalyst to grow and evolve or Will I use this to beat myself up? So again, I think this is another corollary on the, am I moving towards something? Am I moving away from something? Um, and am I, am, I, am I doing something because I have to instead of something that, that I want to um, or need to? Does this choice empower me or does it disempower me? Um, sorry, let me, I don't know if you heard that beat, but I didn't silence my text. Um, one of the things that that I think is true about, in general, all of us are a little, at least a little bit control freaks, and we, one of the best ways that we can have some control in our life is when we have choices, and that's why you know when you're trying to get a kid to eat their vegetables, if you can give them some choice, do you want to eat it now or do you want to eat in five minutes? Do you want to eat broccoli or green beans? It's not an option to eat ice cream right now. Which of these two options is it? It it, it introduces some element of control by by introducing choices and i think what i like about this does this choice empower me or disempower me where i went in my head is does this choice lead to more choices does this choice lead to more possibilities or does this it does this is this leading me to a dead end is this leading me to a a, a fixed spot that isn't going to ultimately serve me well Is this an act of self-love or is it an act of self-sabotage? And and again, I, I just don't think, it's not like a shocking question, but I don't think I've ever asked myself that. Is this thing I'm about to do, is this doing from a place of love? Is this doing from a from a unhealthy place? Hmm. Um, and then similarly, is this an act of faith or is it an act of fear? Am I Am I taking a chance or am I really just protecting myself? And, and am I choosing from my divinity or am I choosing from my humanity? And I know that anytime we introduce um, higher power type language, some people go, ah, and I think spirituality is an innate part of the human experience. And if you're a, if you're a God person, awesome. And if you're a higher power person, if you're energy, and even if it's, if you believe that when you get together with your family or your close friends, that there's something more than just a bunch of individuals there that, that, that I, I think that's, that there's divineness that we can, we can describe and talk about in that our connection to something larger than us. And um, with this 10th question, I, I would say, I don't know that there's, I don't know that the answer is wrong if you're doing it from your humanity, humanity, but I think it's a good thing to think about. Wondrous. 
a potpourri of ponderables. Um, I will, I will put all the links at the end at, at the end of our talk. I think that'll be slightly easy for me. Um, but goodness gracious, before we wrap up this call, please make sure I put the links in there. Um, okay, this is oh, this is good. So <laughs> this list is is an it's another list nine things and and what i love about this list is absolutely nothing on here will shock you or surprise you but what i like about it it's all things we're kind of supposed to be doing and we've heard oh, it's good for you but it it gives you yet another reason why this is good so i'm, I'm going to go through these really quick because again there's there's nothing shocking on here but th this list of nine tips that that help you with your brain fascinating factoid when you move your body, there's this protein called brain-derived neurotrophic factor that I will never remember. Um, but it builds, it it helps you, you're, it's, you're working out, you're building um, connections in your brain when you move. And if I was going to ask you the number, the minimum number of minutes that you needed to move in order to kick this um, into gear, and, and you, you were thinking like, what people say as far as exercise and how much you're supposed to do. Mentally take a guess of how many minutes you think that you need to move in order to jumpstart this, this protein building power. Because it's two, it's two minutes. And I've said this in other presentations with you all. And, and I say this a lot in my stress management, especially and wellness presentations. The biggest mistake we've made about encouraging exercise in our culture is that we try to do it because it's good for us. And, and if we focus on the fact that most people, when they find an activity they like, they actually feel better either while they're doing it or immediately afterwards. And that's such a, I think, an easier buy-in to get us started. But I, I will say it's, it's interesting for me to, to have another reason that moving is valuable. The next one, duh, stay hydrated. Turns out our brain is 73% water. What, I, what this article helped me remember is we've been telling everyone they have to get eight hour, eight glasses of water a day. And for a lot of people, that's just out of reach. And this one is, is saying that the new recommendation is closer to four to six um, glasses of water. And this article didn't say this, but more and more I'm reading is that, that lots of ways that we get our water, that, that things are in water or, you know, like th there's problematic if alcohol is not a good way to get your to get your water but lots of other drinks it it's not like that's zero counts as zero towards your water um and then so many more obvious things eating a balanced diet i love that listening to music was in here but listen to this list reduces anxiety lowers blood pressure reduces pain perception so like literally listening to music when you're in pain you you report lower main pain numbers what is it a distraction is it doing something to help us metabolize the pain who knows and who cares? It makes a difference. <laughs> Improves sweet sleep quality, lifts your mood, boosts mental al alertness. And I didn't know this. It actually has an impact on your ability to remember things by spending time listening to music. I believe that practicing gratitude is on every friggin' list of everything to do to improve your life, to make more money, to feel more successful, to physical changes in your body, da 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 I will tell you when I was putting together a wellness workshop a few years ago, when I started looking at actually what the research said, there, there's just remarkable lowering blood pressure, 
uh, building the immune system, helping you self-esteem, confidence, uh, appreciation for life, your ability to save it. You know, it goes on and on and on all these benefits. But what's interesting is that for many of the research protocols on gratitude, it isn't the keep a journal and, and every day write three things that you're grateful for. Now, if that's a habit that you've developed that you do, there are lots of articles and this one included that said that's a great way to do gratitude. But I want to say to you that the research actually suggests that um, once a week, picking a thing, one thing that you are grateful for, a person, a situation, a gift, um, a th something that you have in your life that you're grateful for. And spending time handwriting, not typing, because they said that does something different. And so, and so most research protocols ask people to keep a, a handwritten journal. And they find that that helps people uh, boost their, their, uh, their satisfaction with their life. They, and they have more confidence that they can handle things. And all these other, that with the physical, with the, with the blood pressure. And, and this particular article listed what I just described as one of several ways to practice gratitude, I'd encourage you to, to, to do that. Um, a lot of people, when they make a list, it either feels, they feel pressure to do a lot or they, they get stuck with it. So I, I think it's an easier on-ramp. It turns out sleep is good for a million reasons, um, prevents brain or lack of sleep, prevents brain regeneration. It slows down your thinking it increases your risk of cognitive damage and dementia. Again, duh. And do it. Socialize, being around people, there keeps your brain healthy. I like this, this one study that was talking about organizing your thoughts in your head in order to speak. It stimulates brain activity. And so it, it, it helps you, it actually helps you, your brain get more organized. Um, and playing a game, it turns out exercises our brain and reading more. The, the last list on this list said, read this article and read more articles on our in our in our magazine. Um, but the point obviously was that there's a lot um, there's a, there's a lot of a lot of benefits to reading. And I'm just going to leave this list up here and just say really quickly again, I didn't love this list because it taught me something new. I liked it because it gave me another, yet another reason to do some things that I, I want to keep including in my life. Um, we're doing good. I think I might go a couple minutes over, but, but I think we're doing good. And I will, sh whatever we don't finish in the recording, we can do in the informal time. I always want to be sensitive to not making the recording too long. Um, but I really, this one, mm, um, FOMO, fear of missing out. This was something that is being talked about more and more. I've read several articles about FOMO and the, the, the counterpart, the opposite of FOMO is called JOMO, the joy of missing out. And this article didn't address that term, but I really, um, in the, in the book 4,000 weeks that we talked about a couple months ago is one place that I've read about that, that one way to get over the fear of missing out and this idea that, oh, um, I have to be doing something else, or if I don't, if I say no to this, who knows what I'm going to miss, is to actually turn around and cultivate JOMO and actually uh, find joy in not trying to read everything, not try to do everything, not try to be everything to everyone. And this list, again, it's, it, it gave me some things to think about. 
literally trying to slow down our pace. Um, there is a term, and I'm blanking on it right now, time scarcity, that it tends to be true that the faster we go, the faster we think we're supposed to go. And the slower we go, the more likely we are to enjoy the thing we're doing. And once we accept that we're never going to be able to get everything done anyway, and and kind of simmer in that finitude, it's called. We talked about that again, 4,000 a week. That word finitude has really um, been a big part of my life. That slowing down actually helps us feel more satisfied about how things are going. Um, even though our thought is, if I hurry up and get this done, then I can relax. Or if I hurry up and get this thing done, I can get to the next thing. But that's a myth because we're never going to get all the things done that need to get done that are waiting for us. If the more organized we are, the more that is going to come up on our list. Uh, the next one is the way it was described in the list was practicing discernment. Do I need this or do I want this? And we've all heard this and, and we think about it. What I would say, it doesn't mean you're never supposed to go for the want. But in, in a situation where you're feeling frazzled and you're feeling like there's a lot going on, to be able to say, is this a need or a want? And to label it as a want doesn't mean you don't go after it, but it frames your relationship to it a little bit differently. Experiences over um, symbols. Now, this the, the person who put this list together repeated some things that I think are pretty related on this list. But this is the idea that um, instead of going for a status thing that instead of you think about it and, and it's it's sort of like a variation on enjoy the journey, not the destination. Um, instead of wanting the new shiny thing in, in, in something that is an experience that you're going to have, you know, a trip or a um, taking time with a delicious meal at a cheaper restaurant a couple times a week might be more enjoyable than going to the really fancy one or saving up your pennies. And go into a super fancy restaurant because it's going to be such a delicious experience actually is putting experience over symbol it, you, be, because your motivation isn't to be seen or to try to impress somebody. It's because you really like fine dining, um, which is a complete waste on me. Like I'm so <laughs> I'm like, OK, we can pay that much money, but I'm not going to taste the difference. Retiring the phrase um, and and. The way she phrased it was be willing to not have it all um, and recognize that there's a part of us that 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 does want it all and that that's OK to want it all. To say that's some part of me that that's programmed that way. In the big picture. I can't have it all. If I could retire that need to try to go after it all, it's going to change the quality of my life so much. I don't like that this one is on the list. I'll admit it. <laughs> I love multitasking. But one thing at a time um, really does, it, it helps slow us down. And I will say that I've noticed something in, in my meditations. I've been experimenting with longer meditations. And I have done such a good job of developing a track of my mind that says, could I make a pep talk out of this? 
is this going to work in a presentation? Oh, should I share this with my peeps? That it feels like there actually is a, a second track in my mind besides living life. I'm constantly thinking of it as how can I teach this? How can I share this? Is this going to work? Where would I put this? Is it going to, would it go in weekly ripples? Would it go in daily splash? Would it go in a, in a peep um, when I'm hanging out with my peeps? And I was starting to disbelieve the, the, all the evidence and all the research that says the reality is the forefront of our mind can only focus on one thing at one point. And what we experience as multitasking is actually multi-tracking where we're going back and forth between two or more tracks and that really we're shifting our attention, which means, and it's taking some time and energy. And I've been noticing as I slow down and just notice that that voice is there is that it may actually be that they feel like they're occurring both at the same time, but I'm really jumping back and forth between them. And this one is hard for me. So it's a growth opportunity, I'm calling it. Mindfulness, any time that you are practicing, any time you, with your sticker, ooh, I, I don't like how it disappears. Um, here now, here now, here now. I say this phrase, yeah, literally hundreds of times a day now. It is a constant friend to mine. And anytime you have a moment to be here now um, is, is just going to help. It just makes a difference. This is the other variation. You know, relationships over acquisitions are going to be more valuable um, for you reducing your fear of missing out and increasing your joy of missing out. And practicing savoring moments. And that's what I'm doing. That's what I just did with that silence is I don't have any idea how many of these we've done now, 20, 25, 30. Um, the biggest regret I have is the next day after I do one of these with you, I, I, I don't have a lot of specific memories of being with you. And it's, it's because I think I'm still getting used to the the presentation, the, the, the way this works. And I'm not with you in person. You know, most of the time, some of the time I'm looking at some of you in the upper bar, but for the most part, I'm looking at the green dot because I know that creates an experience for, for more people that I'm making eye contact with you. And so it, I tend to think of this in a more robotic fashion, I think. And when I paused after I said savoring the moment, I looked at some people, I looked at the list and I'm like, I'm with all these amazing people right now. And it just was, it created a, a quiet spot recording people are like, is he there? Is he there? Is he having a Mitch McGonnell moment? Oh, that's no, we're not talking about that. Um, re, you know, it's, it's terrible. I, I feel like I have to go do 10. Is sister Joan on the call? I have to go do 10 Hail Marys. Um, <laughs> Um, and look, reading more is, is on the list, um, because it turns out that reading can only be done so fast and it can, especially if we get off this idea of speed reading and we can, we can savor it. And the last one is enjoying this process. Um, like we're supposed to enjoy all the processes, enjoy this right now, even when it's not going well, can you enjoy can you find joy in a mediocre day? Can you find joy in a bad day? Uh, I had a meltdown earlier. Ugh, I'll tell you about it another time. And 
again, I'm having these, this experimentation with longer meditations. I'm, I'm, I've been doing one hour sits, um, for the past several months and I don't talk about them very much publicly because I know that a lot of people don't have the time or don't think they have the time for it. And it's, they're kind of freaking me out. They're they're I'm going some places that are very unexpected. Uh, but one of the things that I'm noticing is I have much more of these micro moments in, in daily life where I'm, I'm finding joy in very random, very mediocre moments. And then even in hard times, like even some, something kind of annoying was happening earlier today. And I found, I, you know, I'm still, I'm still, I put on some music and I, I was like, I'm not even distracting myself from this yuckiness. I'm just, I'm just creating a soundtrack to it. <laughs> so that's FOMO. And this last one I'll share and then we'll, we'll shut down. I'll squeeze another one in our informal time. I saw a Facebook reel that was talking about some television show where one character said to another, who are you uninterrupted? And this Facebook reel, I, I will put it in the, in the, in the links here in just a second. And I will also put it, um, I will also put it in the show notes and it's worth walk, watching because it's only like a 65, 75 second thing. And she just, she unpacks for her what this meant. But this question, she said it blew her away. It really has blown me away is that who am I when I am completely free from limitations, from the expectations of others, from trying to manage what I think I'm supposed to, to be, all that thing. And it has... It has led me to wonder how I might bring more of that uninterrupted self into my interactions. And I will be listening to this audio. I don't usually watch the video of these, but I try to listen to the audio. And at this point, I have no idea if this Zoomy Zoom was better than any of the others, but I, I am positive I enjoyed it more. I had a different attitude beforehand and going into this. And I knew it would it would mean I wouldn't be as polished, and and I was okay with that. Like, you, you're my peeps, you, you know. I, I you you like me, good, better, best, and I and I felt very comfortable owning that. Um, and so I'm I'm really glad that I, I'm glad this is a perfect place to to pause and end. So, I think what I'd like to do is is wrap up our time together um, by saying, hey, if this was helpful, awesome. If you need to toss most of it. If it really wasn't as useful to you as a focused single topic, I hope you'll reach out and tell me that because my thought is that we're still going to do some uh, quite a bit of focused topics, but I am 100% sure that going through the, gosh, I probably went through 30-ish of these entries that I've made over the, I only got back six months worth um, uh, to look at all these, to pull out ones that I wanted to chew on and savor. And I'm positive that thinking about these has been helpful to me. And if you want to dig deep uh, with these, I also think what I'm going to do for the peeps is when you see the post with the recordings, I'm also going to just put 
the, the PDF of my notes that have the actual list made out so that you don't have to go to a bunch of places if you just want, want to think about these a little bit. And so thank you for watching live and or watching the recording and or listening. And we are going to record the Thursday session as well because the pebble and the boulder are the same, but the ponder is a different set of things. So with that, um, let me unspot myself really quick. Remind me where are the unspotting? Actually, let me stop the share back to this and then we'll remove spotlight. And then if you want to help me, if you're showing your screen, if you could just wave goodbye. So for people on the video, they can see us for just a second. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening.